0: I had already just
1: thought of this before being invited on your podcast, I've been saying this for years. Sarah, Sarah rejected you, but we'd love
0: to have you on still. Oh, don't, don't emphasize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just got such a, sorry if feel ever listened, but such a geeky sound voice. <laughs>
2: This is the traditional point of the podcast where we pause and make fun of Madonna's theme song. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Build a Bond podcast. We've been expecting you. I'm Stuart Morrison and with me is my co-host. He's keeping the British end up. It's Fraser MacArthur. How are you doing, Fraser?
1: Or do you expect me to talk?
2: Yes, it's a podcast.
1: Well, fair point, fair point. Yeah, fair enough. Yes,
2: I'm good. Thanks, Stuart. How are you? Yes, I'm very good, very good. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, had a nice Christmas. Do you have a nice Christmas? Yes, I did have a very nice. Thank you very much. we were we we're recording this in that weird phase in between Christmas and Hogmanay, where it's difficult to keep track of what day of, of the week it is. But um, yes, thank you. I had a very lovely Christmas and uh, enjoying a bit of time off at the moment. Good, good stuff. I
1: was was just thinking over Christmas as well. I was thinking about the podcast and I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a James Bond Christmas special?
2: Yeah, that would be lovely. I always associate Boxing Day a little bit with, you know, sitting down and watching one of the classic Bond films. There used to always be one on TV in that little, that sort of Boxing Day coma you go into where you're just eating chocolate, watching whatever film's on, and I was sort of associate that with a Bond film normally, although I didn't watch one this year. Wow, wow. I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, but have you got a favourite Bond film? Wow, that's a, it's a tough question, and I think it changes, you know, a lot of the time. I, I always would have said Dr. No. It was the first one I ever saw. It's it's the first one. It's a classic. It's, you know, Sean Connery at his best. But then actually, as, as I've enjoyed more I actually you know it does change i really love skyfall i would be tempted to put that top only the only thing putting me off is you know sometimes feel a bit nervous putting one of the newer ones as your favorite because a lot of the purists might say no it's got to be a connery or it's got to be a roger moore but i do love skyfall i do love um dr no i really like um the timothy dalton ones in particular the living daylights i probably say top three right now dr no the Living Daylights and Skyfall. Ask me again in three months' time, and maybe that's changed.
1: That's an interesting couple of choices. It's three different bonds, three very, very different eras. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I do agree with you. I absolutely love uh, Skyfall, uh, and I remember we went to the cinema together to see it when it first came out. I think it was on the day it came out, and it was such a huge event. And it was, we went in our suits and everything, in our bow ties, and it was such a great film. And it, it, kind
2: of took Bond in a new direction, I think, which was cool. It was, you know, it really revitalized my excitement about Bond. You know, it was one of the first ones I'd seen, maybe apart from Casino Royale, maybe it was sort of like that, that really, you know, got me excited again. You know, James Bond could be good as a modern blockbuster film.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and I, do, I agree as well, mine always changes. I think at the moment, or last time I watched them through, I think my favorite was uh, was Living Let Die. Roger Moore came out all guns blazing, and was I just thought it was a great story and a great
2: fun outing for Bond. Yeah, as a Roger Moore one, I think it's probably one of my favourites as well. Great theme song as well. Amazing theme song. One of the best, I would say. Maybe maybe that's a conversation for another episode. Favorite uh, theme song. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got a, I've got a wee trivia question for you tonight. Okay.
1: There are four. I repeat, four Bond films. That have scenes set in Russia or the USSR? Only four. Can you name them? And I'll, I'll get your answers, see if you've got
2: them by the end of the podcast. Okay, that's good. I might need a little bit of time just to think about that. A couple off the top of my head, I can remember. I'm surprised actually, four doesn't seem a lot considering it's... Uh, considering it's, it's
1: all Cold War era stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, give me till the end of the podcast and I'll try my best to remember. What, bring, what brings us here together tonight to talk about Bond? Today we're going to have a, a special guest who's going to come in and we're going to ask them to build their dream James Bond film. This is the Build a Bond podcast and it's up to our guests to pick their dream actor to play James Bond, the love interest or um, co-star role, the Bond villain, who they want to direct the film and also who they want to perform the theme song. They can pick the locations, the cars, the henchmen, the actors to pick any other of the main characters. Really, it's it's up to them. There are no rules. They can pick whoever they want for whichever part. It doesn't even have to make sense. And we just get to a little glimpse inside their minds as to what they think makes the dream Bond film.
1: Very good, very nice concept. I like that. I'm looking forward to hearing what are, what an actor's point of view of, of the actors of Bond would be. Yes,
2: yes, definitely. I think, um, Sometimes actors have the best nose for spotting someone who'll be really good for a role. Well, anyway, I suppose there's only one way to find out. We'll welcome into our guests and welcome to all of you to the Build a Bond podcast.
1: As a director mostly of factual entertainment, I have a huge respect and really high regard for people that can embody a character that isn't themselves. And I think what actors can do is a phenomenal art, which is why I'm really excited to welcome today's guest to the show. She's one of Scotland's finest young actors with a vast CV of film and theatre work to her name. And she's recently been seen as Denise in the award-winning Noose. Denise in the Noose, love that. Um, and she's set to play the lead role in a short film called Tunnel, written and directed by yours truly. So a huge, big welcome to the podcast, Sarah Miko.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: You're very welcome. It's been a while since I last saw you. Last time I saw you was your audition for for Tunnel, um, and that was over a year ago. How have you been?
0: I've been good, as as much as any of us can be this year, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy that it was that long ago. Actually, in some ways, it doesn't feel like that long ago. It's really strange, but yeah.
1: And and what, have you managed to keep working? Have you been doing any acting gigs or?
0: I have, yeah, been really lucky actually, all things considered, this year. Um, I just finished doing a theatre and education tour, um, so I did that at the end of November, start of December. And we were allowed to go ahead; it was all above board. Um, and I also just finished filming a short film called "Go Back to Sleep." It's a short um, horror film, so that was that was really good fun as well. So.
1: Great, good stuff. I'm glad to hear you kept busy. I, I felt bad because we've had to keep delaying the, the making of our film um, for various reasons, um, Covid-related. Um, so been, I felt bad with not, with not keeping in touch with you and not being, being able to get it, get it in the bag.
0: Loads of things have been delayed. I think that's just the way of it, isn't it? There were so many projects that I was supposed to be doing in 2020. And it was just like email after email being like, so we're going to have to push this back, <laughs> back from everyone. And it got to the point you're we just expecting that almost. And it's like a bonus because go ahead, kind of thing.
2: So, yeah. That's great. Well, it's a real pleasure to, to have you along, Sarah. We're really, really excited to hear your picks and to hear about what your dream Bond film is. But it would be good to know a little bit more about your love, or not, of the James Bond franchise. Are you a big Bond fan? Um, I wouldn't
0: say I'm a big Bond fan. However, I did grow up watching... James Bond. So I think the James Bonds that I remember seeing when I was younger were uh, Piers Brosnan. Um, definitely. My, my dad, I would say, is a big James Bond fan. So the movies were on in the house. Um, probably watching a bit younger than I should have, <laughs> a lot of them. But no, I did grow up with a respect for, for the films and I do I do enjoy watching them. I don't think I haven't seen the most recent one. But I would say I, I can appreciate them, but not a massive
1: would you say you're a film buff in general?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think most actors probably have to say that, don't they? For us, it sounds bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. In fact, my partner hates watching films with me because every time we watch a film, I just pick it apart. And I'm like, why did they do that? And all oh, that shot's interesting. And that. And he just sits like, can you please shut up and just watch the film? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I suppose now it's uh, you've picked other people's films apart, but it's your chance to, to to put together your own film. And I suppose for me and Fraser to pick apart, Yeah, I'm scared. You, uh, <laughs> we'll be kind. OK, I suppose let's get stuck into it straight away. We're going to ask you, who is your pick to play James Bond? But before we do that, it would be good to know a little bit about who you like in terms of previous actors to have portrayed the role. Who, which Bonds do you like? Which Bonds did you not like?
0: Um, oh, that's a tough question. I, I do like Pierce Brosnan, but I think that might be just because he was the first one I really remember seeing don't know if I've seen Sean Connery's James Bond all the way through to be honest and I actually quite like Daniel Craig as well I think when the first Daniel Craig one came out he felt very very different um, mm-hmm. to any of the ones before and I know some people were a bit unsure of that but I actually grew to really like his take on Bond but I probably would say my favorite is Pierce Brosnan just because I think he's the sort of classic image I have of Bond in my mind
2: yeah, I think I'm sort of similar to you. is He was Bond when we first were kind of introduced to him. That's my go-to image in my head of this is what James Bond is, what he should be. So I'm the, I'm the same as you. and Although I wouldn't say probably he's my favourite, I definitely have a, a soft spot, I suppose, for his portrayal.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I'd agree with Daniel Craig. I really like Daniel Craig as well. And I, and I know what you mean about it. a lot of people were, were quite uneasy about it. And I mean, just the fact that he was blonde, people were going mad about it, the fact that he was blonde. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. he, I thought he did a great job, uh, and hopefully continues to do a great job in the new one as well.
0: Yeah, hopefully.
2: <laughs> yeah, it can it can be very controversial <laughs> who plays Bond. And on that note, Sarah, tell us who you would like to play James Bond.
0: I don't know if that mine is going to be very controversial at all, but my pick for James Bond is Tom Hiddleston. He's who I have chosen for Bond. Um, okay. now the reason that he was he, I think he was rumoured to play Bond at one point. Um and he ended up not I, I don't know what happened with it, but I even before he was rumored to play Bond, I always just thought he would make a really good Bond.
1: He was Bond. quite he was quite Bondish in that series, wasn't he? The the night manager.
0: Yeah, yeah. And do you know what this is so silly? But he did a Jaguar advert and in the advert he's like in a suit and he's looking up Suave and I saw the advert and I thought Wow, he, he would make a really good James Bond.
2: <laughs> I wonder if he, he signed up to the advert because he thought, this will be my audition tape for the role.
0: Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I just think he's got that, you know, kind of charm that I guess when I think of Bond, he, yeah, he just has that sort of charming, charismatic, but also kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, but you know, that just kind of, he's not too obnoxious. Does
1: that make yeah. sense. Yes, he he's cool. He's got the cool exterior and he he doesn't, you know, he doesn't overlay do he doesn't overdo it. He's not in your face. He's not yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean he's definitely not the kind of rougher side of James Bond that Daniel Craig's portraying at the moment. So I'm definitely sticking with the classic James Bond ideal, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking that it, it definitely would be closer to the Pierce Brosnan style. This it would be very suave, very cool. Pretty sexy as well, I suppose. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was another, I,
0: I was going to, I tried to avoid saying that, but that was my first thought when I saw the Jagger out there. The second thought was
2: he could play James Bond. <laughs> really? That's a, yeah, really interesting choice. I think as soon as you said that, I pictured exactly him in that role, playing James Bond. I think it's it's a really good match. Do you think, Fraser mentioned the night manager. Was it was it a performance like that that you think? kind of triggered it for you?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I can't pinpoint exactly where it came from, but I just think I've always had it in my head because, as you say, he's not... Uh, he doesn't overplay things, and I think that's what I like about him. Like, even even in the Avengers films, like, even as Loki, I, I do feel like his performance is always the one that I end up just quite liking him, even though I'm not supposed to like him, but he's mm. just got something about him that you just feel... Yeah, just attracts you to him as, as a performer, as an actor, I think.
2: I suppose that's part of a, a modern Bond is, really, Bond's not a nice guy. You're not supposed to like him, but
0: True.
2: ideally you do like him. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. rooting for him anyway.
1: No, that's good. I, I like him a lot in the Avengers as well. I think he's very funny and, and he's got that sort of wit as well, I think, and sort of a bit of dryness to him. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the Loki series as well.
0: Me too, yeah. And I think that's another thing that I had in my head because... I do like action adventure films, but I like when there is a bit of humor in them, and I think he could probably pull that off quite well. And as as Bond,
1: definitely. yeah,
2: I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, the the other great thing about this being build a bond, and you have complete control, you can pick any stage of of Tom's career. You know, you, you can do him now. I suppose a little bit older, still not, you know, still definitely not old, but or you could go back and, and have him in playing him in a younger role, you know, you can pick and choose. It. Is there a stage of his career that you think you, you would pluck him from and put him oh, into the, the tuxedo?
0: I never really thought about that, but I probably would say now because I kind of like um seeing Bond a little bit older. Um I suppose that is kind of more similar to that Craig at the moment. But yeah, I think it makes him a little bit more interesting, a little bit more experienced, a bit more weathered. Um mm-hmm. yeah, i probably i probably stick with, with him now.
2: Yeah. I don't know what you mean about Daniel Craig now when you see the older, the wiser, a bit kind of war weary with all, with all those missions behind him. It's a, yeah. it's a great portrayal. Yeah,
0: I think it's more interesting to watch just as an audience member, personally.
2: Yeah, there's
1: slightly more flaws as an older character, isn't there?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think I like that as well. I feel like in the more recent ones, and in more recent action movies in general, like the sort of hero of them, you do actually see not making all of the jumps and not quite landing all of the and I and I really like that and I probably have a lot of that in it as well making it a bit more I know James Bond isn't realistic but you know as much mm-hmm. as we can be a little bit more seen him make mistakes and not be perfect and not be the, quite the top of his game I think is more relatable. Mm-hmm.
2: Thinking about your career a wee bit Sarah do you, what what sort of roles do you prefer do you prefer the more comedic ones do you prefer those kind of older grittier roles?
0: Well. I've noticed something really interesting is that I tend to get cast when I'm doing theatre, I tend to get cast in comedy roles. But when I'm doing film and TV, I tend to play more serious, gritty parts. I don't know why that is. But I think, yeah, I think for film and TV, I do prefer those parts anyway because it gives you more to do as an actor and more to play with, and it's just more interesting, I find. Um, and I feel like you can really sink your teeth into a character that's got a bit of depth to them. Uh, so that's what I prefer personally.
2: The comedic roles on stage must be a great laugh as well.
0: But yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, totally. Because it's completely different being in a theatre environment because you're getting the audience response. And mm-hmm. when you know you're making people laugh in real life, there's I mean, there's nothing better than that. So, yeah.
2: Not something me and Fraser are familiar with. <laughs>
1: When you, were, when you were going through your decision-making process for, for Tom Hiddleston, did you have any other ideas that came to your mind? or Any, did any, any female bonds? or?
0: Yeah, female bonds I did consider. Um, but I got too caught up in deciding who it would be, so I just rejected it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just taking up too much time. I would like to see a female bond, though. I think that would be amazing. I, I do hope we see something like that in the future, but we'll see.
1: So moving on. Mm-hmm. What's our next category, Stuart?
2: So the next category would be what is traditionally called the Bond girl role, but because it's 2020, almost 2021, we'll call it the co-star love interest role. Is there any from, from Bonds that you've seen, any, any of these characters that has really stuck out to you?
0: You know, I think that's the problem with this role is that I can't remember a lot of them. And I think that's what I would like to change if I was making it. Well, I am, I am. So that's what I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I honestly think that it's it's it is it's one of the problems with a lot of these classic films is that yeah the f- the female um, sort of co-star, if sometimes you're being generous, to even call it that, um, is just there to serve the main character and she doesn't really have much of a story to to her. So genuinely, I mean, I remember what they look like. So I suppose they serve the purpose, but I can't really remember a lot about their characters.
1: That's a fair point. I think you're, you're, you're probably spot on there. Like, unfortunately, like they've just not had the script. And it's a shame because... And it's also why I'm really excited for No Time to Die because I think from what I've read of the sort of teases of it or the, the, the pre-reviews or whatever, is that there are better co-stars and better female performances and bigger characters. and.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. Because I know it is such an iconic part. Like, I feel like every time I think of the Bond girl, I just see them coming out of water in a bikini. <laughs> That's like the classic, um, I feel like de- ha- Halle Berry did it, didn't she?
1: She did, yeah. I yeah. remember
0: her, she's probably my most memorable one, but I, that could have just been the age I was when I saw that film, I'm not really mm-hmm.
2: sure. But Die, Die Another Day was Halle Berry. Die
0: Another Day. Yeah.
2: Memorable character, but maybe not for all the right reasons. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Halle Berry would maybe not like to remember that character. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, maybe not. <laughs>
2: I think you're definitely right about, definitely when you look back at some of the older Bond films, the character basically exists just to be sort of manhandled around by Bond, rescued, yeah. dragged around, go here, go there. What's exciting? And, you know, as Fraz mentioned, slowly, very slowly, we're starting to see slightly more developed characters coming in. So hopefully No Time to Die is... Bit of a watershed. I know they've, they've brought in some writers kind of especially to, to, to sort of bolster the some of the other co-star roles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's the thing again, like with all the, those kind of classic films is sometimes you watch them now, they don't age well for that reason. And um, Like we were just recently watching Indiana Jones, I can't remember which one, but yeah, there was a scene where he's, you know, coming on to this with the girl and I'm just like, that's really aggressive. <laughs> Like, mm. watching that in 2020, you're like, that's not acceptable behaviour. But obviously when it was released, it wasn't, you know, it was just a completely different time. And it, yeah, um, so I think, I think now with films like that, we need to keep up with the times, we need to be a bit more equal.
1: Yeah. So with that in mind, then, who is your co-star going to be?
0: So my co-star is Emily Blunt. I feel like that's all I need to say about her, but you know, I just totally, totally adore Emily Blunt. And I was trying to think of an actress that I think for that reason, you know, wouldn't just be the sort of sex symbol that she would have a lot more depth to her and a lot more grit to her and would play well off of Tom Hiddleston, who to cast as Bond. So that was, all, that was kind of where my decision making came for her.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, she, I, th- I can see that partnership working really well together, actually, yeah she can do action, she can do emotions, she can do fun.
0: And she's also a little bit older because that's what I was thinking as well. I, I find with a lot of the Ones and Indiana Jones and those kind of films that they have, you know, this middle-aged man with this like really young looking woman. And again, that doesn't really age well really either. So I was kind of thinking, well, I need to make the, the co-star, I think they're roughly the same age. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they look roughly the same age, so.
2: Was there any particular performances by Emily Blunt that, that inspired this choice?
0: I'm a big Emily Blunt fan, so um, I love everything she does. I loved her performance of the girl on the train because of the emotion behind it. I loved her in a quiet place as well. Again, kind of emotional and really heightened sort of mm-hmm. circumstances in that. Um, I just love that film, general, to be honest. But yeah, her performance in particular, I thought was really, really strong and that I thought she had a really tough job. She just seems to pull it off really, really well. Everything, I feel like she's constantly given quite challenging roles and she just, she just pulls them off, so. And she is gorgeous as well, but that's the thing. You don't think of that first when you think of her. That's what mm. I like. Um, you know, she is, she is really pretty, and, but it's not the first thing you think of. So that was important when I was picking her. Mm.
2: She always surprises whenever you see her in a role, you know. He never does the same role like multiple times. It's always something new, something different.
1: And I remember seeing yeah. when, seeing when she was cast as Mary Poppins in the sequel. I thought that was absolutely brilliant casting.
0: Yeah, I know, I agree. And, and Mary Poppins actually really close to my heart. I watched it when I was a wee girl with my grand. So I was really reluctant to be honest to watch <laughs> every woman, but I thought she actually did a brilliant job. And I don't think anyone could have done it better. So I'm glad they gave it
1: to her. So what what do you reckon for this pairing then, for Emily and Tom, are they, is there a love story going on or is it more of a partnership or are they spies together, are they enemies at first maybe?
0: Yeah, I kind of thought she was a spy as well and maybe they were, I don't know if i would as far as say enemies but not, not necessarily working together um, but then through the course of the film they end up sort of working together and I like the idea that There was definitely chemistry between them. But I don't think they end up together. Because, again, my other issue with the Bond films is the kind of trope that he always gets (laughs) the girl. And I think, no, that's not really... He doesn't always get the girl. And he's not getting the girl in mind. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) I would like to see that. I would like to see. I would like to see Bond dumped.
0: Yeah, like yeah. It, yeah, not not in a harsh way. She does. She does. Obviously, she's not blind. She finds him attractive, but um, it, yeah, it just doesn't quite happen.
2: So they start off maybe kind of as rivals, and Bond he reckons Bond thinks, "Oh, I'm going to win her over," you know, as I always do, but you know, yeah. not to be. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Really? I like that. Yeah, a good pairing, good chemistry. One of the other make or break moments is the Bond villain. Who are these two sort of rivals, sort of allies? Who are they going to be up against? They're
0: probably the performances throughout any Bond film that I actually probably enjoy the most. But I'm kind of one mm. of those people that I, I always kind of like the villain in any film. I'm mm. just, yeah. Like, I like Voldemort and Harry Potter, you know.
2: Just, from my point of view, and yeah. may, you can maybe correct me, Sarah, if I'm wrong. I, if I, I was thinking from an actor's point of view, it would be the most fun to play, to play a Bond yeah, villain. I or, or to play any
0: yeah, that's maybe exactly what it is. They're, they're usually the characters with the most backstory and the most depth and the kind of clear motives.
2: So who, who are you going to pick to, to play your villain?
0: So my villain is going to be Donald Sutherland. That's who I've chosen for my villain. And I, I actually really struggled with the villain. I went back and forth quite a few times, but yeah, I'm sticking with him.
2: That's very Great. interesting. Yeah. Plays a villain. Is he in the Hunger Games? Does he play a villain?
0: yeah and I just thought like he was far too good to, to be honest <laughs> but I think I liked how he was quite again like really charming mm. um, and like he smiled a lot which I like because I think that makes for a more interesting villain when he's not just always looking evil you know he actually
1: looks mm. kind yeah of- yeah he's got that sort of jolly old granddad look about him isn't he that you kind of mm. naturally gravitate towards but then He'll strike you down at the last minute.
0: Exactly, yeah. Because I feel like, again, with the the Bond villains, they're quite obviously villains. Maybe even at the start, you really don't think he is the bad guy, but then it also
2: turns out that he is. Yeah, maybe he starts off as a friend who Bond trusts. (laughs) But then eventually... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also can play completely crazy characters. One of my favourite films, Kelly's Heroes, he plays a tank commander called Oddball, I think.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's absolutely
2: brilliant performance, so he's got that in his locker as well.
0: He's just so good. He's just one of those actors, again, that I just feel like I can't think of a bad performance. But it was definitely his performance in The Hunger Games where I was like, oh, he's really good at playing the bad guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's really bad. I mean, he's really bad in it. But yeah, he's so good.
2: Yeah, He's
1: he's very powerful, isn't he? He's like commands the whole room, the whole set, and he just chews it all up. And he's great. He was in a series that I just finished, a very recent series called The Undoing. And he was fantastic in it. I've not
0: seen that actually. I think I've heard of it and it's, it's on online
1: to watch, but I've not, I've not watched it yet. Well, not to spoil any of it for anyone, but he, I mean, he's sort of a suspect in a sort of mystery, murder mystery case. And, but he just, gives, he gives this extremely emotional performance that I totally wasn't expecting from him at all. Which is what I'm kind of thinking when, when you brought his name up for your Bond film, I was kind of thinking, yeah, that could be his way in. Like he can, he can really, really get, the tears rolling and yeah. that could be how he sort of manipulates Bond I suppose. Yeah
0: yeah exactly he's got a really broad range I think and just the way he looks he doesn't look particularly intimidating which I kind of
2: like. Yeah I think some of the best, you can go either way with a Bond villain can't you? You can go for the extreme you know big scar on the face, very <laughs> scary looking or you can have the ones that are you know they're a, they're a meeting of minds with Bond you know they're really clever plotting sort of villains and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the sort of category that Donald Sullivan would fit into, a really scheme. Exactly. Yeah, he's always
0: like five steps ahead of everyone.
2: Not much picking apart to be done so far, Fraser. I'm really enjoying these (laughs) these casting choices.
0: Maybe I should go into casting instead. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Would
2: you ever like to play a Bond villain?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it would be so much fun. And I think that's, again, to go back to earlier point, when an actor watches someone play a villain, that like you can see the actor having fun, which is so nice. Um, mm. And you can imagine, yeah, just how how good it must be. So, yeah, I think that would be great. And I think it would be great to see more. That was my original thought, actually, as well, was having, like, a female um, as the villain. But mm. I just couldn't get
2: away from Donald Sutherland. So. Mm. Anyway. Not, not not a lot, really, of, of female villains. Can't think of any of the top of, the top of my head, but... And there's, yeah there's one in
1: Goldeneye but I mean she's not as she's not the main villain sort of thing mm,
2: I guess in um, Electric King in The World yeah. Is Not Enough I suppose as sort of a female villain
1: and uh, I guess Vesper
2: yeah true
1: spoiler alert spoiler <laughs>
2: alert
1: <laughs> we've got your villain in place what do we move on to
2: next Jerk? so next we need to find out who is going to direct this film who's going to pull the whole thing together
0: a director for me is actually the hardest one I'm really really sure because I have directors that I really admire but I just feel like could not do a Bond film or could but it'd be a completely different film. Um, so I went with Patty Jenkins, she directed the Wonder Woman films most recently and yeah I kind of just went with her because I thought well first of all I really love Wonder Woman films and I thought it's a good mix of like action adventure. She's got those strong female characters, and yeah, I just really like the vibe of the films. So I went decided to go for her.
1: Off the top of my head, just trying to think of other stuff that she's done. It was, re- it was
0: really ju- it was mainly based on the Wonder Woman films. To be honest, I just thought she did such a great job with them, and I did want a female director because I think we need more of that, especially for a Bond film. I just think that would be really interesting. So.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be the first. The first. F- is that right, Fraser? I think that's the first female director. I think so, yeah. You, you mentioned there were some that you, some directors you love, but you, you didn't feel were right for Bond.
0: Yeah.
2: T- talk us through those ones.
0: it <laughs> so was rejected or no. <laughs> I hope you don't ever listen to <laughs> it. Um, so I love Wes Anderson. <laughs> I really like his stuff. I also really like Glamo del Toro. Is that how you say name? Mm. Um, I'm into a lot of dark films, basically. Mm. So I like a lot of his stuff. But yeah, I think the, the main issue with a lot of the ones is they were very stylized. It was very obvious that it was their mm. film. And I don't really want it to... It's still got to be a Bond film, do you know what I mean? So I don't want yeah. to like
2: that, but yeah. That's, I guess, with doing the Wonder Woman films, I guess uh, Patty Jenkins has had the experience of making a film within a universe, you know, within the restrictions that come with doing something like that.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, and I thought she just did a great job. It, it was, one of, and again, as I say, I'm not a massive superhero fan. So when I went to see the first Wonder Woman film, I was so surprised how much I liked it. I actually came away and like, oh, I want to watch that again. Whereas I can't remember the last time, honestly, I felt like that after a superhero film, mm. unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the things that popped into my head when you mentioned Patty Jenkins was the kind of large sort of elaborate colorful sets, like bright colors. That that was something that that stuck out for me in her films, is that did, did, was that on your mind at all?
0: No, honestly, no. I never actually. Now that you're saying that, I'm like, yes, that's completely true. But I've never noticed that. It's that's interesting. Um. So yeah, and I suppose for Bond films, it is usually quite lavish, isn't it? And you know, there's sort of yeah, lots of kind of golds, and obviously the tuxedo, the classic modern mm-hmm. sort of tuxedo. Um costume and stuff so that I never considered that, but that's probably a good thing.
1: <laughs> she actually directed Monster. Have you ever seen Monster? You know the the film with Charlie's Theron as the serial killer?
0: No, I haven't seen that. No. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. No, I haven't seen that No. But yeah, no,
1: I know what you're talking about. I would highly recommend that. It's a fantastic film. Okay,
0: that's added to my to watch list. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and Charlie's Theron and it is unbelievable, totally unrecognizable, terrifying, yeah brilliant.
0: I really like Charlize Theron. She was actually one of my considerations for the the co-star cool but I thought she was too obvious and not too attractive but too classically mm. sort of that so yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry Charlize if you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> We'd love to have you on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sarah Sarah rejected you, but we'd love to have you on. Oh, don't
1: don't emphasize (laughs)
0: that.
2: (laughs) The next question, and we're moving away from the cinematic side of things into the world of music. Funnily
0: enough, the theme song was, I had already thought of this before being invited on your podcast. I've been saying this for years.
2: Wow, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, so, well, I suppose before you do the big reveal, it'd be interesting to know a little bit about your views on, Previous Bond theme songs. Do you have any favourites?
0: Um, I like the classic ones. Um, I like Golden Actually, that one sticks out in my head as one that I just remember how it goes. Did Sam Smith do one? He did, yeah. It. Yeah.
2: One. Most recently, Adele did
0: Skyfall, didn't she? hmm
2: Um,
0: and I quite like them. I like that the all sound well All no because Madonna did one which I didn't really like <laughs> <laughs> so i stop myself there is
2: this is yeah. the traditional point of the podcast where we pause and make fun of Madonna's theme song <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't mind Madonna normally um but I did not like that theme song
2: no so. I think you would be w- amongst the majority there
0: yeah I know that's a popular opinion isn't it yeah <laughs>
2: So so the ones you've said you liked, these are you know, yeah. big ballads, classic, in-your-face Bond themes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is your choice in, along a, similar lines?
0: No, actually, now that you're saying that. Um, well, I, it will make sense, I think, when I tell you, but um, it would have a classic sound to it, put it that way. It wouldn't be a big ballad, or wouldn't be—it wouldn't be it wouldn't be in-your-face, but it will sound very classic. I'm saying will because I'm so, so dead set this is going to happen. <laughs>
2: go on then tell us who it is
0: so it is lana delray
2: oh brilliant
0: yeah she is one of my favorite artists i just absolutely love everything she does and since i think i've maybe her second album that i heard of her um i thought she needs to do a bond theme she's got this classic vibe or her, her voice just the way it sounds it's very like sort of deep and sort of enchanting and I could just picture the you, know, you always picture like the opening credits of Bond mm. you know the montage and all that and I could just see that with her voice and I'm just like why has someone done this why is she not doing it
2: <laughs> we um before before this was a podcast and was just a conversation that me and Fraser had from time to time I think I did bring up Lana Del Rey once as a an option because I've thought as well. Her voice will be so perfect. I, I have to agree with you totally. I was very excited when you said that, but mm-hmm. she does have a, a beautiful, powerful voice, and uh, yeah. I, think she, I think she could make a great Bond song. But her, and her voice goes
1: so well with an orchestra.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was hearing. Like a kind of yeah, lots of uh, classical mm. instruments and. And it would be grand without being as you're saying like a ballad obviously she's not going to sound like a thale or anything like that but it's still going to be very classic and very Mm. sexy as well you know sort of like yeah yeah.
2: she um has got film experience as well she did the the great gatsby theme song
0: that's right yeah that's right young and beautiful um which i think worked really really well so yeah so that's my choice that was the easiest one because i literally had spoken about this to many people, none of them cared. By the way, <laughs> I'm just glad I've got two people that actually care about my opinion on
1: that. <laughs> what kind of song do you reckon? I know you said it's not going to be like the the ballad type thing, but you reckon it'll be a sort of "Live and Let Die" vibe or a um, all
2: time high or "For Your Eyes Only"? Yeah, I was thinking mm-hmm. those two. Also, Nancy Sinatra, "You Only Live Twice." Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, that kind of
0: vibe. Because um, I think she's influenced by nancy's natural quite a bit so yeah very very classy and very old-timey sounding
2: um, Mm, sort of like nobody does it better it it would be i I imagine they're doing a lovely like love song to bond you know she writes these love songs really nicely
0: yeah definitely they're love songs but they're all they always sound very melancholy
2: which Mm
0: -hmm. i think is just just makes it so so interesting to listen to so
2: if you if you you were in love with bond you'd probably be pretty melancholy i would imagine i
0: imagine (laughs) he wouldn't be around a lot No. She can't do any now, though. She has, to, she has to sign the deal with me and do my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah.
2: said it first. <laughs> Very pleased with that choice. Really nice. I would love to hear that. Yep. Yeah. We've been through the big ones now your, your, your actors, the director, and the song as well. Do you, did you have anything else that you came up with? This is what we call the AOBs the any other bonds? Anything any else? else that you think is important for your movie that you want to add in?
0: Um, I also cast Money Penny and I cast. Q is am I right in saying Q is the one that shows them all the gadgets? Is that yes? Right? yes. Okay, okay, yes. So I cast those two just because
2: Great.
0: I just had them in my head. So
2: okay, go for yeah. it.
0: So for Money Penny, I have Olivia Coleman. Ah, need I say more? Should be a Money Penny.
1: Um, no, that's really interesting because yeah. that's I was not expecting that at all because Money Penny is kind of classically, I guess, on on a sort of level age with Bond and sort of. When you think of Naomi Harris, anyway, she's she's as Money Penny currently, and you think that she's she's kind of out in the field with Bond, but Olivia Coleman's a fantastic choice. It would bring something completely different to what we've seen before.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it was. I guess I said that because I feel like she's just very popular right now, and I feel like everyone's putting her in everything or trying to. But yeah, I just think she would bring a really interesting element to it, and I just think she's fantastic. She can Mm. do no wrong
2: in my eyes she wouldn't wouldn't take any nonsense off Bond either
0: yeah exactly that's that's kind of what I was seeing she'd be quite um yeah keeping her sort keeping him under her thumb almost
2: Mm. and she has a good background in comedy as well so she could do some of the comedy riffing
0: exactly and also that was my thought for who I cast for Q was a bit of comic relief as well because as I said I do enjoy the comedy in it and I think when you're in a film that is quite serious most of the time, mm-hmm. it's for me as someone that's not a huge fan. I really like the comedic elements to it. So yeah, that was that was uh, came into my decision making for her and for Q. I hope I'm going to say a second name right, but it's Richard Iwadie, who's in the Oh I- yeah, it's <laughs> in the IT crowd, which yeah. is like my favorite show ever. Um, and he's, yeah, he's been on modes mm-hmm. now,
2: but... Also- <laughs> <laughs> he did that show, did he not? Ga- Is it Gadget Man? It was yes, called? I
0: can't remember what the show was called. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So he obviously loves gadgets.
0: Yeah, and he's just got such a... Sorry if we ever listened, but such a geeky sound and voice. Mm. <laughs> um, and he just does it so well that I think it would be... It would just be so funny. I would just
1: love to see that. I think Eon Productions are going to be listening to this thinking... Why the hell did we not
2: think of that before? Mm.
0: I need to be the casting director, else it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. happening.
2: <laughs> That's an inspired choice. Yeah, he would be the ultimate as well. Like against Bond, like the awkward nerd against Tom Hiddleston, smooth, suave, and then Richard exactly. Armitage. Anyway. You know, in the IT code, he has all his pencils in his top pocket and stuff. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what I saw. I just kept seeing him with his afro his glasses and his pencils and I just thought, oh yeah, exactly that juxtaposition of how cool Tom mm-hmm. is and how sexy he is. Um, again, sorry Richard, I do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that real contrast of how mm-hmm. geeky he is and, and and I like the idea that you'd be really excited by these gadgets. Um yeah. really into it, you know.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. That's what I think the Q character has been lacking this, thus far is that Q just kind of hands the gadgets over and says, "Bring it back in one piece, Bond." But I, do, I can I can totally see him getting really excited about the things that he's got to show Bond and stuff. That'd be awesome, yeah.
0: like more excited than Bond is about them. You know, yeah. <laughs> like Bond's kind of like, "Yeah, cool, I get these gadgets all the time, like whatever." But he's like, "No, no, no, this is you know, just I don't know." I just I see that dynamic being really funny. Yeah,
1: there'd be a lot of funny scenes between him and Olivia Coleman as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, those are my only other two sort of add-ons that I had. Um,
1: did you think of any gadgets that you might have?
0: No, I'm gonna be honest, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not technically minded at all. And probably if there was a female Bond, I could think of loads. Um, because I did think when I was going along the lines of a female Bond, what would be really good is if you could have high heel shoes, that, like you press the button and the heel went away so they were flat. <laughs> I mean, that would be handy just in real life anyway, but yeah, like that was one gadget I thought would be really handy for a female spy because there's so many films that I see women, there was one really annoyed me, Jurassic World, and Mm. um, she was like running through the jungle and these massive stilettos and I thought, come on, no, it would be off, you know, so like something like, yeah, that would be a practical gadget.
1: Maybe for Emily Blunt.
0: Oh yeah, sure! Never thought of that. Yeah, room for Emily Flint, you can have those. You're welcome,
2: Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also picturing picturing a brilliant scene where Richard Ayoade has to demonstrate the high <laughs> heels. <ideals. laughs> <Yes. laughs> now, pay, now, pay attention, Bond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah.
2: I mean, the casting has been really enjoyable so far. Those two, two British, I'm not afraid to say, two British icons. Yeah. yeah coming in as well i think they're really really interesting choices yeah Would love that,
0: to see them. it is a very british film i think i've created ah. great fun coming up with that and i honestly the more i was going through it the more i was like i want this to happen
2: <laughs> That th- this has to happen
0: and i think it's really fun for me as an actor anyway because obviously i don't really get to I've never cast anything and I don't really mm. get to um, see or even think about that side of it. Sometimes I see a performance and I go, they shouldn't have been cast and that, should have been this person. Um, but you know, you always just think you're just sitting there saying that because you can, but it was fun to actually have a little challenge and be like, okay, well, you've got all the power. So who would you put?
1: Um, yeah. I'm loving, I'm loving your choices. This is, this sounds like you say, this is an all star bond. This is, this is huge, this film.
0: Yeah, my budget's going to be massive. We just started Kickstarter like yesterday.
1: <laughs> There's going to be no
2: big big stunts or anything. No, no explosions.
0: It. Can't afford them. No.
1: All the money's gone into the high heels.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you've enjoyed. I was really worried. I was genuinely like quite kind of stressed. Over it thinking they're going to hate this, they're going to be like, you're not taking this seriously, ruin Bond.
1: So Sarah Meikle's Bond 007 is going to star Tom Hiddleston as the man himself, James Bond, an experienced Bond, suave, sexy, like the Jaguar advert. (laughs) His co-star slash love interest is Emily Blunt, who gives the character a bit of depth, a bit of grip, and... They've got a lot of chemistry, but they don't end up together, which is a great twist, I think, for a Bond film. Um, The villain will be played by the terrifyingly lovable Donald Sutherland. He doesn't look scary, but like he was in The Hunger Games, he can be a bad, bad baddie. The director you've gone for is Patty Jenkins. Uh, You definitely wanted the female director for that, um, and going by her Wonder Woman success, Patty Jenkins was the one. And your theme song was written by the amazing Lana Del Rey, um, and I think we'll all agree, anyone I think listening will agree that they would love to hear that Bond song being sung. Um, in addition to that, you've also cast Olivia Coleman as Miss Moneypenny, uh, Richard iowadi as Q, the Gadget Man, and one of the gadgets that he makes might well be a pair of high heels which can fold away into, or you press a button and and the high heels fold away and make flat shoes for running about and all the chases. So that sounds like a great, um, a great film. There is one more question that we have to ask you, and and I've not prepared you for this on purpose. Uh, And that question is, what would the title of your Bond film be?
0: That is such a hard question. Uh... Well,
2: while you're thinking about it, I've jotted down a few ideas.
0: Okay, please
2: help me. So in reference to the fact that your Bond tries unsuccessfully to get with the, the co-star, I thought perhaps you could call it Try Another Day. I love that. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like
0: that one.
2: And then more obviously, based on the much-discussed gadget, um, it could be for your heels only. For your shoes.
1: <laughs> I was thinking along the same the same lines as the. The non love story, maybe from Russia Without Love.
0: <laughs> oh yes. I like these. These are so good. And do you know what I like is that obviously there's comedy in them and then that's <laughs> I do want that in my films, So um I quite like Try Another Day. Actually. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm literally gonna take this pitch to like any studio that will have
1: now that we've got the, the the film part done this will be an opportunity for you to kind of tell us what you're I mean if, you, if you've got anything to promote have you got any films to promote yourself or you've got bits and pieces to that, that we should be looking out for?
0: Um Yeah so the film I was uh, chatting about right the start go back to sleep um finished filming that at the start of December so that should be coming out 2021. Um, it's part of the, it's part two of the Hex Media anthology and directed by Amy Villensey. I'm also working on Cavendish, the Scottish Schools series, um, which is gonna be on Amazon Prime, which is really exciting. Wow. And I'm also uh, doing a feature film next year called Skinjacker, which um, as you can probably guess by the title sounds a bit gruesome and um, a bit sort of one for the horror fans, so I'm really excited about about all, all of those, um, I'm just hoping they all get to go ahead in 2021. If I'm being
2: honest. <laughs> Great, can't wait to see it. Good stuff. Um, yeah, loads of exciting stuff coming up. Can't wait to to see all that. Yeah, tell us about Tunnel as well. I, I could I could talk until the end of the day about. Yes, Tunnel. well,
0: I was going to actually, I was going to leave you to do that. Um, but yeah, obviously. So wait, I think I, should, I think it did. was that last December. I, that. I
1: think it was. I think it was. La- I think it was last December. Yeah. Um, and we had everything pretty much in place, and we were almost ready to go. We just had to nail the location down, and then COVID hit, and it just scuppered us all together.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, but it was going to well. It was going to be set for filming in the the, the famous SCCC color, um which is iconic if you're from Scotland. It would definitely from Glasgow. <laughs> that was what I was most looking forward to actually when I um, was kind of in touch with you guys. I was just thinking, oh that's such. A good location like it's so it would just look amazing on film.
1: Yeah yeah that was that's kind of what inspired it in the first place I suppose was walking through there especially at night time it's it's so creepy but it's also quite like beautiful in its own sort of weird way. Have you got a, an Instagram or anything where people can see any of your films or where yeah where can yeah. you see your films?
0: Yeah it's just my name and um, Sarah C Nickel. and uh, spell Neikle spelled n-e-i-k-l-e because a lot of people um, trip over that one and um, so yeah I can I'm most active on Instagram so you can keep up to date with all my acting adventures and hopefully lots more to come next year.
2: That's great Sarah and again thank you so much for coming along and we loved hearing your, your choices and we're very excited to, to see how this film looks.
0: And yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great fun. So I've really, really
1: enjoyed being on and chatting to you guys. And I'm uh, really looking forward to having my Bonds film me. Eh? Well, Tom Hiddleston is
2: Bond then, eh? How about that? Wow, yeah. What? A ca- I mean, yeah, what a cast. It's big names. That's big, big names. You'd have to have a very big poster to fit all those names on. <laughs> I suppose the question
1: is would you watch that film? would I watch this film? Sarah has really sold it, I think. It sounds not just like a classic Bond film. It sounds really funny. And it sounds pretty forward-looking as well in terms of, you know, big, char- big female character that's not just a match for Bond, but is, you know, not the classic Bond dragging along, you know, a girl to, to rescue in the end. And I, lo- and I love um, pa- Patty Jenkins as a... As a choice for the director I think she would take that in that direction I think that's a great choice I love absolutely loved the film Monster I thought that was an amazing achievement in film and and I would recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen it so yeah absolutely I would watch this yeah
2: yeah definitely I think Sarah had a very clear idea of how she wanted the film to be and in particular the relationship between Bond and Emily Blunt and I think she's she's picked a good director in, in Patty Jenkins to really sort of look after and nurture that kind of aspect of it. She was obviously very keen to include a more comedic side of things, presumably inspired by her childhood Pierce Brosnan Bond films. Richard Ayoade is an inspired choice for Q, um, and Olivia Coleman as well. You know, great characters that could really, away from the action and the in the field, excitement of Bond, you know, the stuff back in back in London would be just as enjoyable, I suspect, based on those casting choices. Absolutely, yeah.
1: I, I think I agree. Richard Ayoade is hilarious and wouldn't be anything other than his best self as Q. And and that mm-hmm. seems like... I, and I still
2: I can't believe, when as soon as she said it, I thought, why has this not happened before? That's exactly right. And the same as when she said about Lana Del Rey to do the song as well. Yes. I thought... Why is it, why, why have they not made that before? Because her voice, her style uh, of song as well. I think it's not a, a really classic Bond sound, but I think it could fit perfectly. Um,
1: when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of the songs of um, of Shirley Bassey and, and Tina Turner, brilliant, and, and Carly Simon. Amazing, amazing voices that that just fit that sort of big feel, that big, Orchestral, you know, powerful yeah. thing. I think that's great.
2: Yeah, I think that would be it. I would love to hear that song and I would love to see that movie. So my t- I've pre booked my tickets.
1: <laughs> a thumbs up from me. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, Pretty now, cool. have, you, have you managed to, to find
2: the four Bond films that were, had seen set in Russia? No. So. I had a bit of a think about this. I was enjoying Sarah's choices so much that I really didn't uh, have a lot of time to think during the episode. So I'm going to go through them. Two I'm pretty sure about. One I'm not sure about, and I've, I've only got three. So, Goldeneye. Correct. All of that's in Russia. The World is Not Enough. Also maybe has parts in Russia? Incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah. So so no, not The World is Not Enough. The other one I th- I'm not sure about. There's a scene I'm thinking of, but I don't know if it is in Russia, is in the living daylights, the opening sequence where he has a sniper rifle and he's shooting. He's trying to assassinate someone. Is that in Russia? Because it's, it's a Russian defector, but I'm not sure if it's in Russia.
1: I'm afraid it's not, no. Well,
2: another one I thought of, which I don't think is right, but I know they are behind enemy lines is in, in Octopussy. They have a train that's trying to cross the border into the West, but I think maybe that's in East Berlin. It's in East Berlin, yeah. Oh, really. so I've, I've got one out of four. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the other three are Quantum of Solace.
2: Quantum of Solace? What parts are in Russia?
1: Uh, right at the very end, when um, Bond goes to confront Vesper's boyfriend. Mm. He's in Russia.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies, the opening scene, care to hazard a guess? One more guess at the last one?
2: I got a clue. It's mm-hmm. not from
1: Russia with Love.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought, I knew that was a trick question because <laughs> I was thinking, it's obviously from Russia with Love. And I thought about it, I thought, no, it's not in Russia. Yes, well, the last
1: one actually is A View to a Kill.
2: The a opening scene,
1: the, the, the there's a, a snowy set chase sequence in the opening scene and it's in A View to a Kill well that about wraps it up for this week's Build a Bond
2: yes definitely thanks again Fraser for your time and thanks to Sarah Miko for joining us if you have any thoughts about the episodes then please just let us know you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram both of those are Build a Bond 007 thank you very much for listening and we can't wait to see you again nice one thanks Stuart see you soon